Welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly with our extra special guest, Kevin D. Turner. <laughs> Your name has like you has that ring. I have to say it that way, right? Kevin D. Turner. <laughs> so Kevin, if you're not familiar with, he is like the guru of LinkedIn features. He's been on this side doing this work for a dozen plus years, really focusing on everything LinkedIn, whatever new feature comes out, what's going on with the algorithms. It's basically this, this LinkedIn live slash podcast is everything you wanted to know really about how to get noticed on LinkedIn and how to succeed on LinkedIn without being embarrassed to ask the questions. Cause I'll ask the questions for you. You know, I'll ask those dopey questions that you guys want to know. And I want to know. So just to bring, welcome Kevin. And maybe you could tell a little bit about, because it's really interesting that this is your, your profession. Yeah, maybe you could tell absolutely. a little bit about what you do and, and how you help people on LinkedIn to know what's going on. And Jack, I appreciate being here. First of all, I always enjoy our conversations and things we've done, collaborations in the past. Always excited and good to have another November guy out there, right? <laughs> Growing the beard. So <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, you know, I look at LinkedIn is you don't have to go it alone, right? It mm -hmm. is a tribe process. And what you're doing is, is kind of bringing those, those people together. And, you know, I do chase all these new LinkedIn features. I couldn't do them by myself. I learned that many years ago, mm -hmm. especially with the pace of them. Right now we're at 150 for 2023 already. So, right? so wait, wait, let me, so 150 new features. New features, yeah. It just, and probably wow. 25 updates and uh, about 15 uh, fails that just fizzled out, died, went away, disappeared without any warning. LinkedIn is not good about transparency. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I find fascinating about LinkedIn is product rolls out very secretly, mm. right? The reason they do this, they, they set up a product rollout in five waves. They're randomized. So this time I might get it first. Next time you might get it first. Next time Christine might get it first, right? So there are these five randomized waves. They increase in size and they're timed. And the purpose is for LinkedIn to say, does this new LinkedIn feature work? Does it create any problems with the site? Did the site go down for those people who had it, right? So instead of throwing it out there to everybody, and blowing up LinkedIn and then LinkedIn not being available for three or four days while they figure out the spaghetti wiring, right? They have decided we'll roll them out this way. Now, if you roll out something like that and it takes anywhere from 60 to 90 days to get a feature fully rolled out, that's an average. We've had some like uh, dark mode, took a year and a half for everybody to get dark mode that wanted it kind of crazy. They didn't give it to the people who wanted it. They gave the people who didn't want it, but it still took a year and a half. Um, but that's really important to understand. So if I'm trying to know everything about LinkedIn, but I'm somewhere in that five waves, if I'm in the last wave, I'm already 90 days behind. See, this is really interesting, Kevin, because this piece alone, what you're saying, I think opens up the eyes for a lot of people, myself included. Because you want to wonder how many times on LinkedIn do people say, hey, did you get such and such feature? Oh, my friend got this feature. That's really cool. I'm like, wait, why didn't I get it? So yeah. that makes sense that they you roll know that, it out in different that ways. That question, why didn't I get it? Yeah. That's what LinkedIn is afraid of. 
if you're asking, why didn't I get it? Yeah. And there's a 90 day window, you are blowing up help going, I want this feature. Why didn't I right. get it? And so they don't tell you, hoping you won't find out. So you don't overload help telling you it's not your turn yet. It's not your wave yet because they won't admit to any of that stuff. Mm. But that's a very classic way to test stuff on a platform yeah. is to do it in those staggered, randomized and timed waves. Um, but what it really means is, again, we shouldn't go this alone, right? The only way for me to find out what is going to be happening on LinkedIn so I can help my clients, right? Or I can even get a competitive advantage myself. The only way is to be able to take people out of all of those five waves and communicate with them so that I can always know the latest. Mm -hmm. And then I share that in my uh, new LinkedIn features. That's my hashtag with the new LinkedIn feature, actually singular. Um, I do an article and it's got all 150 updates in there, 25 uh, or 150 new LinkedIn features, 25 updates and all the other stuff fails and everything else. They're all listed in there. They all have uh, GIFs if they're complicated, right? So you can actually see the screens. You can walk through them. You don't have to wait, you know, 30, 60, 90 days for you to be able to see it. You can actually see it, right? But putting that together, if I didn't have everybody else working with me, I couldn't do it. So what I do is I give them credit. Somebody brings yeah. me something that I've never seen before. I try to get in there with them. We try to understand it. We try to capture it. And then we provide it to everybody to look at, right? right. I'm not going to hold that back. And I'm going to give that individual credit because they brought it forward. And that's, uh, I always say, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for all the eagle eyes and caring hearts that help me capture all these things in the wild. Um, it keeps me prepared. Now, Kevin, what would, what would some of the cool features that right now you like to tell people about? Is, is it AI driven? Is that kind of the hot topic? right now that's going on? AI is, is a big piece of what LinkedIn okay. is becoming, right? right? And interesting enough, it's not just uh, ChatGTP that's being incorporated in, it's also now Bing is being incorporated into the process. Um, and what they've done with all these AI products is they've created it into what we call the AI premium experience, right? So I, mean, we didn't say, I, don't, I hope you might, I, if I'm interested, I don't mean to be rude, but when you say premium, does that mean you have to pay extra for it or? Oh, yes. That, okay. <laughs> All right. No, I, I want mean, the audience to know. So this way they don't feel like, why can't I get it? Okay. So I you know have to talk about these, before okay, so some of these things you have to pay a little extra for. Okay. People, people don't realize nice. because we just, we don't think about this all the time that LinkedIn isn't a social good site, right? It's mm. not Craigslist. It is a business. It yeah. is one of the only wildly profitable uh, social media platform since year one. It's never lost money. Mm -hmm. None of the other ones. I don't even think Meta's made a dollar yet. Mm -hmm. Facebook, right? I don't think it's made a dollar yet. Twitter now is losing more money <laughs> than it ever made. It never made a single profit. LinkedIn has been profitable since day one. It is a business. So if we ever wonder what's going on, we can always tie it back to follow the money. So LinkedIn goes, okay, yeah. we're going to start incorporating in AI into LinkedIn. Let's follow the money. Let's make it a premium yeah. feature so that we get more people in premium. Now, right now, premium, believe it or not, which also technically incorporates recruiter and sales navigator, but I want to push those out of the picture for a second. 
the premium accounts right now uh, are about 12% of LinkedIn. And if you buy into that mm -hmm. 1 billion number, right? That's pretty incredible. It is the world's largest premium membership of anything. So with the AI impressive. part for the premium, would you suggest, what would that, would you, who should really get that? Is it a job seeker, a recruiter? What, what, you know, what types of people do you feel should pony up to have premium to get these new AI features? If you, if you're interested in AI, right. Right. And how it can impact what you get done on LinkedIn, then that's probably the right time to get into premium. Mm -hmm. There's not been enough difference for most people. There's some small differences, but there's not been enough difference for most people to say, I'm jumping in. And that's why LinkedIn premium is only 12% of the overall membership. Okay. I think they're targeting to double that in the next year. So for now, a lot of people could use, so people could use some of these new features, some of these new AI features, like for headlines, for recruiting, for career coaching, they could do Absolutely. it basic basic model right mm -hmm. but even with the basic model is there anything like that that really kind of enhanced it that makes it a little better because now you have you know ai supporting is it make it for a recruiter they could re find people more easily for someone who needs career coaching they could use the chat box are those some well, of the things that you know and, and all, all of that uh, you know when you're looking at uh, recruiter 2024 is what they're calling it mm -hmm. right that's the ai enhanced recruiter right that's going to help recruiters write job descriptions that are accurate and attractive, right? Normally you, you read a job description and it's kind of like a Frankenstein cut and paste, bits and pieces yes. here and there. And you go, I don't even think they know what they want, right? With LinkedIn's huge database of what do these people actually do that you're posting a job for, let's bring that in, let's create through AI, a attractive and accurate job description. So mm. that's, that's where it starts. And of course, the recruiter has full edit capability. They can reject the whole thing. They can say, I like these pieces. I'm going to change these pieces. And they should, right? Because AI can be incredible. I always say it's a great muse, but sometimes it's a terrible artist. And mm. if you've ever had a muse they can lead you into bad places as much as they can lead you into good places, right? They're your kind of your creative stimulus. Use it that way, but not in the sense that I'm now going to put my name on it and use whatever it gives me. So recruiter is going to start there. Then within recruiter 2024, it's going to help that recruiter then do searches to find the right people, right? By asking that recruiter some questions and also basing it on who that recruiter's hired in the past. So they're going to use kind of two components of the AI. Now, the AI then is going to compare the job description with the individual, the candidate potential, right? The, the members out there, it's going to compare it to what they have in their profile to kind of bring in a, a better match overall. Now, believe it or not, LinkedIn has been doing that in different ways for the last eight years in recruiter. Mm -hmm. They didn't really tell most of the recruiters that. Now they're just kind of really making it, I think, much stronger in that process. Now there are things that we can do as members to ensure we get included into those things. One of them is when you go into your profile, 
Anytime you enter something into your profile and you notice a drop-down box dropping down, right? Those are called market value filters. And what they're doing is it's LinkedIn trying to make sense of a billion basically resumes. That's what a profile is for the most part. It's a fancy resume. For them to make sense, they have to put in filters. Think of it as if you ran a, uh, a store and I sent you a product, right? And it didn't fit into any of the categories. It's not going to get end cap. It's not going to get eye level, right? It's going to go on the shelf back by the bathroom where the dusty, dirty cans are. That's the other shelf, right? <laughs> the place you don't want to be. So if you're ignoring these drop-down filters, you're basically becoming invisible. So that's one of the things that we can do to ensure that we're getting to the right place, right? For those recruiters. Now, LinkedIn said, you know what? We're doing this for recruiters. We're going to do it for the members. Of course, the ones that are paying, right? The premium members, they're going to get kind of a job seeker coach. And what the job seeker coach is going to do is it's going to look at a job that you're interested in, right? And say, okay, here's how you compare. Here's, you know, whether we think you're a fit or not, here's your gaps and how you might adjust those maybe through LinkedIn learning or putting the content into the profile or adding the skills, right? So it's going to guide them in that sense. And then when they get ready to apply, it will help them write a cover letter. It will help them adjust the resume that they're going to provide in the sense of, hey, you need these five keywords in there, get those in before you submit. So it's going to help them in that process. As that evolves, it's learning about the member. So it's also going to adjust alerts that the member may have set. So it's giving the member better qualified leads as job opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing you want is, you know, to put in an alert and you're getting thousands of job opportunities and 99% of them aren't really for you. This is going to bring that down into a more manageable load that you can then approach and probably have more success in. Now, advantage goes to premium members in the job search process. So, you know, that is something that, you know, some people won't like. If you need to get into premium and you want to do it in the least expensive way, go to learning, LinkedIn learning, and get the uh, LinkedIn learning premium, which is the equivalent of career premium on LinkedIn. And that comes in, I believe, somewhere around $39 a month. If you haven't had premium before, you can usually get it from anywhere from 30 to 60 days for free. And they'll usually taunt you with that, right? <laughs> you know, every time you look at something you, you can't get, they'll, they'll say, well, you could be in a premium. Here's a free opportunity. Take advantage of that free opportunity. Really kind of ramp things up so that you get profile perfected, approach perfected. You get your cover letters perfected in that sense of AI perfection, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't continue with premium, at least you have those tools now created for you. Does that make Thank sense? You yeah, and if you don't have premium, are you going to be at a disadvantage or you could still 
get a well, lot done. A disadvantage in the sense that you're going to have to do that legwork yourself, mm. right? You're going to have to sort through a thousand job leads instead of a hundred. You're going to have to say, how do I fit? Where are my gaps? How do I change those gaps? You're going to have to take that on yourself. Some people are brilliant at it, right? Some people don't need AI. Some people do better mm -hmm. than AI, but many need that help. They get confused. They get blinded. It's just too much. I'm under stress. I can't deal with it. Help me deal with it. And sometimes just that little extra help is what gets them kind of flowing, right? And gets them approaching it in a better way. And so I think, uh, yeah, overall, it's going to be an advantage, I think, to those who are able to afford it. Now, again, that goes back to follow the money, right? LinkedIn is a business. You can't really blame them for creating something like this because it's a huge investment. I mean, multiple millions of dollars to bring these AI tools in. They got to pay for them. They can't just give away everything. And LinkedIn is, a, is an amazing platform when you consider that the majority of LinkedIn is freemium, right? There's so much you can get on this platform. And if you do it well as free, don't think by buying into premium, everything's gonna change, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're already doing it right, you can get away with free. I know a lot of people who've never had a premium account and they're some of the top influencers on LinkedIn. They're getting exactly what they need out of LinkedIn. They've been able to transition to new opportunities all on free, it can be done if you kind of know what you're doing. Uh, on, a, on a kind of related note, Kevin, with the algorithms, I think a lot of people, including myself, really don't kind of get it and understand. Like, for example, I have, because I've been on LinkedIn for so long, I have you know, cover, ho hovering about the max uh, connections, like about 30, a little under 30,000. I keep a little under to give some room to add new people. Mm -hmm. I have about 50,000 followers. But you can't tell it when I post something. You know, you would think, okay, I post something, right? So you're talking about 80,000 people. And I'll post something, I'll get two likes. <laughs> but that doesn't make, the numbers don't add up. Like, I I don't get it. So, and I, I imagine a lot of other people feel the same way. It's like, I, you know, I have X amount of, you know, first connections, second connections, what have you. I have X amount of followers. But yet, I, I don't see them what's what what's going on that that happens or maybe it's just me maybe i just suck and people don't like me it could be that no, but... <laughs> you know i i think it it is the evolution of the experience on linkedin if you ever gone driving on christmas day mm -hmm. around around your city mm -hmm. there's no traffic right you can go faster than normal <laughs> they usually let you off if you get caught that's kind of what linkedin used to be it was wide open if you were mm -hmm. creating content on linkedin 10 years ago, right? Actually, I think it started to push it out around 2013. It was like, you almost had to be dead not to get 200,000 views, mm -hmm. right? Impressions on a post. Well, the highway's crowded now. And the highway's crowded even more so than it was last year because a lot of content creators aren't even creating their own content, right? They're going to chat GTP, they're going to Bing, they're going to, you know, barred all these things mm -hmm. and write me a post well only so much can fit into the funnel right that's what that linkedin feed is so if you've got a large network that funnel is going to be pretty crowded because it's not only your first degree right it's going to be your second and your third 
if it's a value, it's all going to be going into that funnel. So when we post now, we have kind of a challenge in the sense that we're now basically pulling into traffic. We're pulling into gridlock and expecting to get the speed we used to get back in mm. 2013, right? That's gone. Those days are gone in that sense. Now, can you do things that um, accelerate that? Absolutely. You know, part of it is um, quality, right? Don't put junk out there, put quality out there. Uh, part of it is timing, be consistent with your timing and when you show up, right? Uh, engagement, when you post, don't walk away, don't ghost, engage the people that are in there. Um, everybody has a little extra angle they think about as far as like, well, the algorithms are doing this to me, right? Mm -hmm. The algorithms are pushing me down. The algorithms are, are killing me. Uh, you know, the algorithms that are on LinkedIn are focused on maximizing the stickiness of LinkedIn, right? Of people reading good content. They're not there to push down good content. They're there to maximize it. So the algorithms actually respond to how your audience responds. So initially when a post goes out, that first uh, time frame, if you're getting a lot of good response, new people, second level, third level, getting in there, they're contributing to your post and comments and reactions and savings, those kind of things. LinkedIn looks at that and says, this is pretty good stuff. Let's push it out to a little bit more, right? And okay. so you, you got to think of it in that equation in the sense that if you work the post well, it will continue to move on. Now, the nice thing about it is it used to be a very short period. Now LinkedIn has kind of expanded that period of how they gauge that interaction and how they try to gauge the value in the post. Um, to me, if you hear somebody saying, well, the algorithm now does this, the study of algorithms is the study of history, right? This is what we figured out it was doing this last couple of weeks. Well, history can help us in the future, right? But it isn't always a predictor of the future or the present. So I always say, if you, if you hear it and you're hearing it a lot out there, there's probably some value to it, but don't completely count on it that it's gonna change things. Like if I just put any post out there, it's not quality or I don't engage, those kind of things. Those core pieces have to be in place for even some of those little tweaks that people push out on, on, you know, this is how to address the algorithm. They may or may not help you, but if you don't get the basic right, it's not going to do anything. So Kevin, here's, I, what I thought was happening and is that if I post something, it would dribble out to some of my connections. Mm -hmm. And then if the connections interact, the next time I do something, they'll send it back to them. If they don't react, I might not get, I, you know, nothing will happen. So, you, you know, it's not a perfect system. And then to unpack what you were saying before, how does it know, like, what's, how does the algos know what's good or what's junky? I mean, are there some guidelines? It's based people on the audience. How does the audience respond? Just as if you had a product and you put it out there for sale and nobody bought it, right? Either the product's bad or the price is bad, or it's that combination. 
But if you put something out there and it just screened off the shelf, you'd know if it was good oh, or bad. Oh, so it's not good, like like you know, right. good, you know, like you write uh, for school and you get an A on your paper, good. It's good <laughs> meaning how do the audience, you know, look at the it. Audience the audience is the driver. But then again, so that means, you, or you could send out just junk trash, but it's like, you know, clickbait or it's whatever, and then they like it and it's not really good, but That's it gets- That's what you see a lot in that feed sometimes uh, is- True. The junk, the what they used to call broetry, right? <laughs> yeah, it was garbage, but it would do really well because yeah. people responded to it. So there are things that make us respond more than other things. You know, uh, chunks of information. Yeah. Too much didn't read. You see a big chunk. I'm not going to read that, right? Um, you might respond better to videos than you respond to no pictures. But let's go pictures. Are videos now more important? Do people get more clicks with videos? You know, they, they're still lower impressions than, okay. you know, a, a picture post or mm -hmm. a document post in that sense. But I think sometimes we measure the wrong thing. It's not the impressions. It's not who watched it, who might have seen mm -hmm. it. That's really what an impression is. They might have seen it. It was in their feed. But that feed might have just blown right past them and they never really did see it. it it's less about that. It's more about, are you getting to your goals? Are your DMs going up? Are your connections going up? Are your followers going up? Is your direct reason to be on LinkedIn improving? That's the best measurement. Now that's the measurement that LinkedIn can't normally provide you. I guess they could provide some of that, but that's really what you should be looking at. If, if I post something and I get three clients off it, I would rather have three clients than 50,000 impressions that had no clients. So impressions you rather just have? To, for impressions, if I'm if if I understand it correctly, is really just you're scrolling through and maybe somebody looked at it. So when you see or like impressions, not. it just went through the feed. So, Basically, it meant on your screen, it was in your yeah. feed, and you may never have seen it. You might not have scrolled down far enough, or you might have scrolled too fast, or the feed went right past you. That's all an impression is. It really doesn't mean that somebody actually saw it, read it, right? So for everybody who's watching this now and they feel, oh, I got so many impressions, it's like, eh, it's not really a meaningful statistic, right? It's yeah. not as meaningful. Or, or maybe it's one component in the overall yeah. picture, right? But it's not the most important component. The, really the most important component is, are you getting that kind of relationship drive, that end goal out of that post? And if you're getting that, then you're doing doing the right stuff. And that really should be your focus. It could also be this, because looking from the outside perspective, Kevin, if you have 1 billion people on, this, on the platform and every time I make a post or you make a post or Christine makes a post, if it goes out to all their first degree, second degree followers, it would be mayhem, right? It'd just be complete, utter chaos. So I guess you just can't let that happen, right? You would never be able to keep right? up with it. It would just be too much... Yeah. everything floating all around so what it I would look like is it, it would look like a one-armed bandit from vegas right where you go <laughs> and it'd just be rolling past so quickly crazy. that you wouldn't be yeah. able to even focus on one maybe you'd had to press a button and say stop the feed and one would pop up right like like a gambling machine that's what would happen if they didn't say how do we somehow control it and give value posts a little more presence and that's what they attempt to do. 
But even that is not perfect because we know kind of those broetry kind of things get in there. And we also know that some people are manipulating the system using pods and automation pods and all that kind of stuff. But at the same what, what, time- what is, By the way, what is that for people who are not familiar with it? What that is, myself. is you basically join mm -hmm. a group that has agreed to support whatever you post. So you could post the most hideous thing in the world, right? That was completely wrong. But if I was in that group, I would have to then go comment and like that post. So it can be really dangerous for your brand, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And the comments, and some, some of them now are auto-generated, basically are like good post or, you know, maybe something a little longer, but they're not of value. So first of all, people notice it really quickly. LinkedIn's starting to notice it, but what it's really doing is if it works right, LinkedIn will initially see that and go, wow, there's a lot of activity on that, that post. We should push it out to the next level, right? Oh, and it's still getting more. Let's push it out to the next level. So those can crowd the feed, but I think people figure it out really quick that, and you've seen them, those posts that make no sense. Mm -hmm. And you look at the comments and they make no sense. We really don't spend any time on them. Those are the ones that you should be clicking that little X in the top right-hand corner of the post, and you should click the X so that post never comes back again. And if you do that long enough, LinkedIn will figure out that that is junk that's gaming the system, right? So a lot of what we get back from LinkedIn is based on what we put in. So if we're not willing to make that one little X click to clean up our own feed, then that's what we're going to get. And that's one of the things that if we're smart, how we use LinkedIn with the features that exist, we can clean up some of that right out the chute. One of the things, and I highly recommend this, I've been doing this for about three years. I created a video on YouTube about it and it's called uh, my favorite content uh, creators filter bookmark. So when you go into the search on LinkedIn, and you click search, you click post as your filter, right? Then you click, click. Oh, pardon me. Click a time frame. Mm -hmm. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I put the last 24 hours, and then you put authored by, right? Who created it? And you select names. You can then get the results of just their posts in that time frame by the authors that you want. You take so you it can customize step. your experience is what you're saying, yes, right? Absolutely. Okay. You're in total control of the feed at that point, whether LinkedIn likes that post or not, or pods were on it or whatever, it doesn't matter. You're going to get just what you asked for. And believe it or not, no ads, which is also kind of a benefit, oh. right? So you don't get promoted like, ones. What I was thinking, Kevin, you could have it set for top where it goes like, I guess the most you know, clicked on whatever, I guess. Yeah. And then you can have most recent, but then what you're saying, you could have create a mode where you could decide, Hey, I, I respect these 20 people because they always do really cool content. And I want to just cut out the clutter and go right to yeah. those first. So and then once, if you once you've that, done you that search, okay. you want to bookmark it. So in yeah. your browser, there's a bookmark and you name it, you know, my favorites, my top 10, uh, the companies I want to sell to, whatever it mm. is, right? Whatever that list is. And the list could be all sorts of things. Um, I have a list for uh, people on LinkedIn that 
work for LinkedIn that I want to follow, right? I've got a list of my favorite content creators. I've got a list of target companies I want to do presentations for, right? I've got a list for AI content, which I don't have anybody assigned to. The other ones I assigned people or companies, that one I don't even assign anything. So it's just open right. what's going on with AI. Um, because when we do these kind of filters like this that we bookmark, we can put ourselves in a bubble, right? Mm -hmm. We only see the top 10 all the time. Right. That's that's our world. So sometimes you can create these same content filters that are more open, that give us that exposure, but focused on a topic, right? So, and I've got a great video on it. It's really easy to do. It will accelerate getting to the right stuff, right? It'll help you uh, work within your community. So you're seeing what they're talking about. You're engaging in their process. Um, it's a smart thing to do. And it's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. And it's legal on LinkedIn because you're using the LinkedIn system. So no way of, of getting in trouble, no way of getting thrown in when jail. When you say illegal, all LinkedIn. are there certain things that people shouldn't do? Because I hear about what scraping or not scraping, like uh, adding a cap, cap, I don't know, adding some different things to it that you shouldn't. Are there things that people need to be aware that it's going to put you in you know, LinkedIn jail or put you in trouble that... Any, anytime you use automation, okay. Right? And when I say automation, there, there is a list on LinkedIn mm -hmm. of partners that you can use, right? Like Hootsuite is an automation for posting that you can use on LinkedIn because LinkedIn gave them permission. There's about, right. there's about 130 companies, but a lot of companies out there are giving away browser add-ins, right? That help you do the same kind what of thing. What do they call extension, is extensions? Is that extensions, the right term? Yeah. Okay. They're not there. They're not giving that away for free. Mm -hmm. They're getting something. And what they're getting is they are scraping profiles while you're using their tool, right? There's one out there and I won't say the name, but it helps you author better posts mm -hmm. for free. Why would they do that? Why would they build that infrastructure, spend all that money, all that, you know, engineering, everything else to give it away for free? Well, they're scraping data. Data is gold and LinkedIn is the gold mine. Right. If you can get in the gold mine, and if anybody gets caught, it's not you as the company, it's the member, because that's all LinkedIn sees. So a lot of these tools that are doing free stuff for you on LinkedIn, or even paid for a small amount of money, they are data scraping. That's their purpose. They're trying to get as much gold as they can. And if you get in trouble, LinkedIn never goes all the way to them. They take you out because you're the problem. It's kind of like catching not the drug dealers, but the people doing drugs yeah. and putting them in jail as opposed to the drug dealers, right? That's how LinkedIn is approaching it right now. I hope that changes, you know, in that sense. But one of the things that they do, and you can usually check and you can usually ask them, do they block fingerprinting? And what that means is that particular app when it goes into LinkedIn, you can't tell what the app is. That's why when people get in trouble with LinkedIn, they get thrown in jail, right? Or they get restricted or even kicked off LinkedIn. LinkedIn always says, well, you were using automation, but we can't tell you what it was. That was because that automation used the ability to cover up fingerprinting. Mm. So fingerprinting is basically that. It's the fingerprint 
of the tool you're using to get in there to do the that's doing the scraping while it's giving you a nice byproduct, right? But it's not telling you about this other thing it's doing. Right. That's why you have to be really careful with those tools. How about you this? Use ones that don't do that kind of stuff. And you've got to really dig deep to find out who's doing it and who's not. But if it's free, you got to figure you're paying for it somehow. And you may yeah. pay for it by losing your account. Yeah. In addition to the extensions and, and the automation, that's a no-no, is that our, it's obvious that this time we're such a polarized nation here. And I think this is everywhere. And no matter what topic comes up, everybody's fighting with each other. Are there certain things that people should be concerned about if they say, hey, I'm for this or I'm against this, but in very strong language. Do you have to worry about getting kicked off the platform or getting censored or whatever? You always have to worry about somebody reporting you, Yeah. right? LinkedIn, and I think this is brilliant, they actually came up with an AI tool that when you comment, mm -hmm. right? If you do something, one of the words that always throws this tool off is idiots. If you say, you idiots, LinkedIn will flag that comment before you hit, you know, submit, it flags it and says, do you really want to use these words? Because these words in the past have gotten people reported to LinkedIn, which has led to sometimes account restriction. So LinkedIn is figuring this stuff out saying, and they're giving you warning, do you really want to use that? Do you really want to say that? Right? Now, interesting enough, LinkedIn, um, has some issues in the past of restricting um, uh, freedom of speech mm -hmm. in the sense of uh, a year and a half ago, if you went in and you looked at the political filter on LinkedIn, you think politics, how is COVID politics? Well, if you had one view of COVID, it wasn't. If you had another view of COVID, yeah. it was. And so LinkedIn was actively filtering those that didn't fit a particular, and that was at that time what the White House was telling them to do. Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn is now going in front of Congress to testify on this pretty soon. You know, Facebook has, Twitter has. Um, so we have to be careful in, in the sense of knowing that some things like that will get filtered out and it's based on the, the organization. Now, one of the things I found interesting right now is LinkedIn has taken down its definition of what the political filter does. Mm -hmm. So you can still turn it on and off, but now it won't tell you what it's filtering. And I've been trying to communicate with them. It's blank, the page. At some point it'll come back and we'll know exactly what that is. So I always look at it. If they can't tell you what it is, don't turn it on or off if you want to hear everything, right? And that's where I am. I wanna make decisions on my own. I wanna hear both sides of stories. So filters like that may or may not be good in, in that sense. And I think it's interesting that LinkedIn is kind of evolving in that, maybe becoming a little more free in what it's going to allow content-wise on the platform. That can be good and bad. And that goes back to us gaining control, right? Doing things like the, the content filter bookmarks, doing things like hitting X when we see something we don't like, right? Mm -hmm. If we're not taking control and making those little extra efforts, then we have to accept whatever we see. On a lighter note, I've seen the proliferation of, of posts of like 
Hey, look at me. I'll call it that. I don't know what you want to call it. You know, hey, look at me. I'm doing this. Hey, I'm doing this. Hey, I'm doing And, you know, maybe a year or so back, you wouldn't see that much. Is that, do they do that because it works or do they do it just because they just want to show like, hey, look at me. Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly. I'm I'm one of the, you know what I'm talking about, though. Well, yeah, I, absolutely. I'm one of these people. I like personality more than yeah. personal information, right? Yeah. So there's kind of that blend. But you yeah. know, for a long time, people were out there saying, "Oh, selfies are hot, right? Mm -hmm. You got to do selfies. You got to take a picture with your dog. You got to do this. You got to do that." And you know, if they're saying it on LinkedIn, if all mm -hmm. the influencers <laughs> are saying it's hot. And you are now jumping in, it's late. Wait, wait, right? it also what's it's already how ran you... its wave, it's no longer hot because <laughs> they're telling you it's hot. They wouldn't give away a secret, yeah. right? Until they used it up. All right, all right. This is a stupid question. Who's an influencer? Like, how do you know someone's an influencer? Uh, it, is that it's naive? Because or... you know, LinkedIn has its um its blue badge influencer, right? Which used to be called influencer, now it's called top voice. Mm -hmm. So they have that blue badge. That is where uh, the LinkedIn news editors hand-selected people. These are my favorites, mm -hmm. right? And hopefully they selected them for the right reasons, not because they're their cousin, Jimmy, <laughs> right? They've selected them because the content they put out is consistent and of value. And I think there's a little mix of that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one way to figure it out. The other way is there is a top communities badge, right? And that's uh, AI collaborative articles where if LinkedIn sees that you've been fairly prolific in an area with content, you have the skills, they invite you in to contribute to those articles. And if you're in the top 30% of those contributions, they will award you, you know, a community mm -hmm. top voice badge. So those are two areas that are easy to identify through LinkedIn. But again, the same thing with that there is a little bit of bias in who gets selected, right? I'm sure Jimmy got in on both of those lists. <laughs> Jimmy, our cousin, uh, you know, so mm -hmm. that does happen. You know, that's one way, but I think the, the real way to figure out, you know, who is an influencer is when you are on LinkedIn, who speaks to you, right? Who engages with you, who adds value to you. And again, if you take control of that, and make that kind of part of that bookmark process, you now have your influencers. Jeff Altman has a great question. He said, are there particular times of day for better results? I, you know, I think there's always particular times of day for better results, but it's based on your audience and your content, right? If I'm talking about getaway vacations, that's probably not gonna be Monday morning, right? <laughs> That might be Friday night or Saturday, you know? So it depends on really what you're communicating and who your audience is. You've got to figure that out. Now, they say on LinkedIn that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are the biggest days, you know, for posting. Now that means they're also your most competitive days, right? So if you're on that highway and it's crowded, well, you just jumped in, right? So Monday might not be as a competitive a day or Friday, but there's gonna be less traffic. So you have to kind of weigh it out and see where your audience is and when they respond. So I don't like when people say it's gotta be in these windows. For me personally, it's usually that uh, uh, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. During the week, I try to launch at 7 a.m. because I find my people respond well at that time frame. Mm -hmm. They're in business and they, they respond well because they want to kind of start their day with a little knowledge. And Saturday is usually something I reserve to either be a little more fun or it might be some surprise of new LinkedIn features, which I don't control mm -hmm. timing of that. But that's what I would do on a Saturday. I really don't post on Sundays. But you got to figure out on your own. And then once you figure that out, be consistent. Because then your audience knows when to find you and at what time. Or where to find you and at what time. So again, you've got to kind of figure it out yourself. Um, that's the best I can tell. And if you've got a global audience, take that into perspective as well. You know it's so amazing because like you think for most social media platforms and I, I they probably have their own idiosyncrasies but walking through everything you're talking about my head is spinning because there's like so much to it like i for the most of the time when i've used it is for recruiting purposes so i really to be fair i'm looking to see okay i'm recruiting this type of person and have blinders on. I really don't care about impressions. I don't care about anything. I just want to find that right candidate. But when I take that recruiting hat off and put on, okay, I'm writing a piece for Forbes and I, you know, I, you know, I have an ego like anyone else and I like to have people read it and like it. So yeah. then I find myself also, how do I, so then I focus more on what you're talking about now. Like how do I get seen and heard? you know, by getting, you know, building and cultivating an audience. And, and I find that, believe it or not, I find that harder than doing the recruiting part, <laughs> you know, to figure out like all the, like, cause everything you're saying, like, how do you, you know, to, to do it. And this is why I thought it was so great to have you on the show and talk about it, because I think for most people feel the same way is that, you know, I'm on the site. I want to get noticed for whatever, you know, reason it is. Maybe I'm looking for a job. Maybe I want to, you know, get a promotion. So I want to make myself look good, whatever the case may be. But then you're bumping into brick walls and like, why am I not getting traction? Because I guess there's a whole lot that you have to do. It's 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 almost like you have to sit from what you're saying. It almost feels like people would have to subscribe to what you're, you know, like your stuff. And then really think clearly how each step, what do I want to do? Tell me if this makes sense, Kevin. Is this, maybe this is a good way we could wrap things up. Do you think it makes sense for people who've been watching this now and who watch it on the replay, you know, um, to really have to sit down and think, what are my objectives? What do I want to achieve by being on this platform? You know, if I'm a recruiter, aren't you doing one thing? If you're a job seeker, you're doing another thing. If you try to network, maybe another thing. And then to plot out how do I do this and how do I maximize my time to get the results I want? And then, you know, and no audience right. has to be a piece of that, right? So right. Even when you're recruiting, you want to reach out when that person might respond, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing when that audience is ready for what you've got is really important as well. So all of those pieces absolutely fit in. And then knowing that audience, you know, when they're going to be able to be responsive is critical. Do you think now if you you you, know, you go to uh, an AI platform off of LinkedIn and then put in there, what are the best times to post this? What are the best time? Do you think they could come up with good answers and then say? There, there are plenty of good answers. But again, yeah. 
they're not you and unique to you, yeah, yeah. right? And so you really want to start thinking, you can use that information as a base and then find out what really works for you. What is unique to you, you know, because if you're following their guidelines and it's not working, you know, you're not going to really know. You're just going to think, well, that's what I'm supposed to get, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the maximum time. And it may not. Most people that, you know, I talked to early, early morning isn't their thing, right? It isn't their client's thing. And so some of them were posting at midday and getting better response when they did midday as opposed to morning. Well, if you look at a lot of the information that's out there, it's always going to say morning. Mm -hmm. So again, you've got to test it a little bit. Right. Because you got, it's almost like you got to iterate. You try one thing, maybe it doesn't work. Let me try a different time. You know, oh, that doesn't work. Let me try something else. Or I try this content. It's not really resonating. Let me change it. Because if it's, it's, because I guess after a while, then you'll find, be able to kind of get to what you want to do. If you're looking to get the attention of an HR person, a talent acquisition person, and maybe it's not working, keep refining it. So they- And then make it consistent, you. right? Yeah. So then your audience knows when to find you. Right. Right. That's the next key is once you figure out what that is, get consistent with it so that they know this is when I'm going to see that. Right. And that, well, this that is great. A huge difference. This is great, Kevin. I, I think this was like a masterclass in what's going on behind the scenes and what to do, what not to do. And uh, I include myself in it where, you know, I oftentimes just scratching my head. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And now I realize it's way more complicated, way more involved. And you have to spend time really thinking it through yeah. your objectives and how to do it and how to keep iterating and changing it. So I really appreciate you taking the time. And before we go, is there anything maybe I didn't ask you that you feel that maybe we left out? I know we covered a lot. Uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, please follow me. Please okay. uh, join in on my newsletter, right? That I've got on my profile. Also, I've got a YouTube channel out there with over 60 videos, really in depth on some of this stuff, a little geeky at times, but I think always insightful in the sense that it could give you a competitive advantage. You know, get in there, start using it. It's free. You know, I give away probably more than most people sell. So listen to that. So what, where, how can they find you? What, what's the best? Uh, the easiest way when you're on YouTube, you can either do it as in keep rocking LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Right. Or if you type in Kevin D and I appreciate you putting the D in there, Turner, you'll get me on, on LinkedIn or even Kevin on LinkedIn into YouTube will get you there as well. So, but that's a great place to kind of, you know, really kind of save that subscribe to it, start commenting and let me know what else you want to see. I will tell the secrets that most people won't mm -hmm. because I know companies, individuals, they pay me for implementation right? They want to know I knew the stuff. So I'm going to share that. I believe in that. Um, I always think there is a kind of a giver's get, right? If you 100%. give a lot, it, yeah, it does come back, it rewards you. And, and I think, and that's the reason to do it is, is to give, right? And I think it does come back to play. Um, the other thing is, if you want something to do in March, right? Uh, John Asperian and Gus uh, Lengel and uh, uh, Jeremy Freeman are putting on Uplift Live, mm -hmm. which is a LinkedIn Geeks conference, right? Uh, Richard Vanderbloom, uh, Jillian Whitney, 
Luis Brogan, um, there's, a, there's a bunch of uh, individuals, Nigel Clip, people that live LinkedIn, right? That you can't take it out of them. It is their heart and soul. They're going to be there, mingle with them. The crowd that's coming is like the who's who of LinkedIn. And they're sitting in the audience, a lot of them. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. It's going to have a lot of time to collaborate, to get to know people. Um, it is in England and uh, it is in March. Uh, Uplift Live has a company page that you want to go to. And if you do want to go there, let me know, DM me. I can send you a secret code that will get you a discount, but I'd love to see you there. Um, and it's nice to have somebody fly you in and pay for you to come to an event so you can speak about LinkedIn because they're LinkedIn geeks too. So. It's so amazing. So, so you're such a nice guy. So, so you're there really promoting your competitors. Why not? <laughs> there, there's no such thing as competitors in yeah. the sense of being LinkedIn athletes, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. An athlete looks at a competitor as somebody who makes me better at what I do. Okay. And somebody that I'm going to figure out how to be, <laughs> right? And share that with them. Is, is that what happens? Like you want to be the one to get it first, to get that little, you know, get that knowledge, get that new. Maybe not feature. the knowledge, but. Yeah. Just the, the presence of, of understanding right. what this is and how it works. Absolutely like to be on the forefront of that. But I share that stage with everybody who helps me be better at that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because I don't think you can claim you know all this stuff and it only came from you because anybody who's doing that isn't telling you the whole mm -hmm. truth. And this is a tribal sport, LinkedIn, right? You got to have a tribe. Don't go it alone. There's that African proverb that says, if you want to go far, go alone, right? Or if you want to go fast, go alone. Yeah. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. That's the thing to do here. It's going to help you not make mistakes. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help you get to your goals on LinkedIn. Find the tribe and work with that tribe and support that tribe and learn from that tribe, contribute. And that's how LinkedIn is going to work best for you. It is a microcosm of the real world. What works on the outside of LinkedIn works on the inside. You don't go to a networking group and say, here's my card, boom, 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 buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, <laughs> right? Take it in the same approach. If it works on the outside, it's gonna work here on in and you'll get there. Perfect, great. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. I think this really helped, is gonna help out so many people who just have all the questions I was asking, you know, to, to just, get a better understanding. And I think it's going to help them be better, you know, to find a job, to, to network, to get to the next level. So I think this was a really super helpful show. And I really appreciate you taking the time out and being so generous and sharing your inside tips and knowledge and experience with everyone. So thanks a lot, Kevin. It was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you. it, bro. Thank I appreciate you. it. Oh, take care, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.